Listen carefully now to this teaching from our Lord. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth. He will certainly not lose his reward. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I've been looking forward to this moment for some time. And I've been looking forward to it because the gospel lesson for today reminds us of who we are, whose we are, and the business that we're to be about. On Tuesday, July 4th, Independence Day will be celebrated. And we're discovering that on different days by different groups of Americans, um, Independence Day is celebrated on a day other than July 4th. We just celebrated Juneteenth, which was the celebration of independence from enslavement by African Americans. June 12th marks the day the Philippines gained independence from Spain. And then on July 4th of 1946, they gained independence from America. And by the way, in May of 1962, the president of the Philippines issued a proclamation and said that their actual Independence Day would be June 12th and not July 4th. July 4th in the Philippines is considered uh, the Philippines Republic Day. On September 16th, Mexicans around the globe will celebrate the anniversary of the country's independence from Spain. There are a lot of opportunities for people to celebrate independence. When I look at this text on today, what I glean from it is an opportunity for people to celebrate a new kind of freedom. But allow me not to get ahead of myself. Let me share with you that as we look at God's word, we're always looking at it through the eyes of faith. as we continue to be engaged in the work of advancing God's kingdom here on earth. Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42, is part of the larger discourse referred to as the missionary discourse that begins with verse 5 of chapter 10. The missionary discourse is the conversation that Jesus Christ has with his disciples before he sends them out 
into the world. Last week, Pastor Char talked about the verses prior to verse 40 and 42. And she reminded us, she reminded all of us that in that particular pericope, the, the, the group of uh, verses, scriptural verses, that Jesus reminded his disciples, one, that they would experience persecution, but they had to make a choice. Were they going to be more concerned about people who could just kill the body and not be concerned about the God who had control over the body and the soul? He reminded them that there would be persecution within the home and also beyond the home. She also reminded us, however, on last week that even in the midst of the persecution, the follower of Jesus Christ has hope. And that is this hope, that just as God cares for the sparrows, God cares for each and every one of God's disciples. So we, we come now to chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. Jesus begins by talking to the 12, but when we look at verse 41, we know that it has expanded beyond the 12 to the disciples within Matthew's congregation and even beyond. Let me go back to verse 27 because I think it's important for us to remember. Jesus says, when I tell you in the dark, speak to the, in the daylight what is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. I think it's important for us to remember as we began to look at this, this text that talks to the disciples that will be going out, it's important for us to remember that we are called to share the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone and everyone who comes into our presence. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is not a private affair. Can I get just one amen today? And so Jesus says to his disciples, and you've been reading the text all week, that when you go out in my name, you're representing me. So when you talk to people about me, they're going to see me through you, through your actions, through your words, through your behavior. And when they receive what you have to share with them, not only because of your words, but also because of your actions, your behavior, they'll be receiving me because you represent me. Let's remember that this journey called discipleship is that a journey like clothing. We put them on on a Sunday morning, and then by Monday morning at 8 o'clock, we take it off, and we put it back on the next Sunday. No, discipleship. It's not something we put on and we put off. Discipleship is who we are. We're learners of Jesus Christ. And that's an ongoing learning experience. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. When I encounter a stranger, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. When I converse with family and friends, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. So all that I say, the way I behave, speaks that truth. And so Jesus says to them, when you go, remember, 
that you represent me. That's the first thing we have to remember, Evangel Heights Church family and friends. Because Jesus recognizes that there are people in the world who need to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. But before I get to that point, I want to share with you that he says when they receive you, um, and if they offer you a cup of cold water, they will receive a reward because really they've been offering that cup of hospitality to me. I, I want you to know that today we have people who are thirsty, not, not for cold water. Yes, there are places in the world we know this where water is scarce. People are dying because of drought. Yes, we know this. There's another type of thirst, however, that I want to lift up to you. You won't see it in the text, but it's a reality in this life that we are living in, this world that we're living in, and that is that there are people who are thirsty because they are lonely. Surgeon General, U.S. Surgeon General Murthy shared with all of us in May that loneliness is a new public health epidemic. He shared with us that our relationships are a source of healing and well-being, hiding in plain sight, one that can help us live healthier, more fulfilled, and more productive lives. And yet, there are people who are thirsty because they're lonely. In her book, The Lonely Century, Norena Hertz informs us that this loneliness, this, this sense of loneliness did not occur pre-pandemic. The seeds of it were planted back in the 80s when we began to lose sight of the word connection and coming together and the words individualism and freedom took on a new form for individuals. She tells the story of, in Japan, senior citizens who lost contact with family would commit crimes so that they could be put in jail because they knew that if they were in jail, they would experience connections. There are people today who are thirsty. They want to know, does anyone see me? Does anyone care? That, that thirst of loneliness. And then there is also that twin thirst of belonging. People are looking for a place to belong. Does anyone really care? Well, I would suggest to you that these two thirsts can be experienced today. And I wonder if there's anyone even present in this sanctuary who's experiencing a sense of loneliness who desires that thirst to be quenched? Is there someone here today or maybe worshiping with us online who longs to belong? 
Well, I would suggest to you, Evangel Heights family and friends, that as a congregation, and also as followers of Jesus Christ, as disciples, we are able to quench that thirst with what we are striving to create here, a community of belonging, a community who listens, a community who wants people to know that because you are a part of our family, you are not alone. So when I look at this particular text, yes, it does talk about the importance of hospitality, this compassionate welcome that we're supposed to offer to one another and to others, this hospitality that will quench the thirst of one, quenching the thirst of those whom the Lord sends across our paths. I shared with you that on this past week, I, I took a, I, 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 I was away. <laughs> I was away at a retreat for the purpose of, of just listening and I was struck by, uh, by this. I, all of my needs were met, housing, meals, all of, it, all of them were met. And, and, and I found myself just asking several individuals who I came in contact with, how can I be in prayer for you? And, and I will share with you that uh, what they shared with me I walked away, Pastor Carl, thinking, oh, if, if I were a part of this community, I would walk with you. I, I would journey with you. I, I would let you know that, that not only are you not alone, but there is one who can assist you with that that you're facing with. And that's a great segue to my final point. When I look at this text, there is a thirst that Jesus' disciples are called to quench. Notice he is sending out his disciples not to schedule a, a block party. He's sending out his disciples not to let people know that there's a new organization in town. No, he's sending out his disciples to tell people who are thirsting that there is a God who loves them more than enough, who has sent a Savior to die for their sins, and through the forgiveness of their sins, they can live a life of freedom. Hmm, freedom. This Jesus, you recall after he fed the 5,000 in Matthew chapter 6, and, and people followed him after he left uh, that area going to uh, Capernaum. They followed him because they had been fed physically. But Jesus began to talk to them about being the bread of life. And he said in verse 35, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
he says to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, that everyone who drinks to quench their physical thirst will become thirsty again. It's in John chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. But he goes on to say, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternity. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there are people who are thirsty and the only thirst, the only thirst quencher that will quench the, that kind of thirst is Jesus Christ. How dare we, oh my. How dare I think that the gift that I've been given, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus Christ, how dare I think that I'm to keep it to myself? How dare I think that if I were to say something, people may become offended and they may not like me anymore. And yet Jesus reminded us in the previous verses of chapter 10, People may not like you. He mentions it in 42. They may reject you. But that's not the reason to stop telling them about the gift of the thirst quencher that you've received. Jesus Christ. Yes. People have a thirst a spiritual thirst that we, the church of Jesus Christ, is called to quench. And we can, and we can. And so the question for us today is this. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready to offer this gift to those who are in need of knowing about the quench thirster? You received a cup today. It's a reminder that we are called to quench the spiritual thirst of those family members and friends, coworkers, Neighbors who are thirsty for a life of hope, for a life of joy in the midst of and in spite of all that they are experiencing. Yes, th th this quench thirster Jesus Christ offers freedom, spiritual freedom to all of us. And there are people who long to know and experience that freedom. Hmm. Who are you being called to offer the thirst quencher to within your family? amongst your friends, your neighbors, and your strangers. 
There are people who will experience that freedom that Jesus Christ offers because we have taken the time to share with them that hospitality that has led to our sharing Jesus Christ with them. That freedom that we receive from Jesus Christ, we remember as we prepare to come to the Lord's table today. Freedom, Jesus has offered us. Freedom from the power of sin. That's the freedom we celebrate today as followers of Jesus Christ. Freedom from the penalty of sin. We celebrate that freedom today and knowing that one day when Jesus Christ returns, we will be free from the presence of sin. We celebrate that truth as well. Yes. In a few days, we will celebrate the freedom that this country experienced after she fought for freedom. The good news for us as followers of Jesus Christ is that there is a spiritual freedom that we have already received and we can live in that freedom every single day of our lives. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for the freedom that you have made possible through the giving of your son, Jesus Christ, help us to walk in that freedom. And as we walk in that freedom, may we continue to share through hospitality with others the gift of Jesus Christ whom we've been given. It is in his name that we pray. It is in his name that we give you thanks.